0: And then being very honest with yourself, with your motivations for changing how you look, if that is a goal of yours, you know, what do you think will be different about your life when you look differently? Um, Something that I like to say um, is that you can change how you look without changing how you feel and you can change how you feel without changing how you look. So if you do want to feel better about yourself as a person on the whole, then that may not be achieved through simply changing how you look, if a large part of your self-worth is tied up in your appearance.
1: Kia ora, friends, welcome back to the Vegan Body Coach Podcast. This is episode 33, and today I've got a great guest on, my good friend, Shannon Beer. For new listeners to the podcast, my name is Jackson Burden, I'm the host, I'm a gym owner here in Auckland, New Zealand, personal trainer, and an online nutrition and training coach. This podcast is specifically for vegans, vegetarians, reducetarians, anyone who's moving towards a plant-predominant diet, and it serves to educate and to provide motivation and inspiration to help you on your own health and fitness journeys. Today, I've got a repeat guest my friend Shannon Beer, who was on the podcast back in episode 10 where we talked about intuitive eating, calorie tracking, and moving towards what she terms informed eating. And I wanted to bring Shannon back on to talk specifically about body image, something I've been thinking a little more about recently as I move away from purely cosmetic based training I'm still doing a fair bit of that but as I'm dabbling in these endurance pursuits towards a marathon and as I've also dabbled this year in some crossfit where the sole outcome is performance metrics as opposed to physique and cosmetic metrics as a nature of us being in the 21st century we all face a certain amount of pressure to look a certain way And sadly, this results in a lot of people that are spending much of their time thinking about their body weight, their shape, how it measures up, and how they're being perceived by other people. And again, sadly, this is not how we should be living. And when you're wrapped up in your appearance, you're missing out on life. So, in this episode, I wanted to bring Shannon on and we discussed how body image is defined, what her experience with body images and how that's evolved over time. We discussed what common behaviors, beliefs and thought patterns result from poor body image and then how to you know implement some specific strategies and practical things that you can do on a daily basis to improve your own body image and feelings of self-worth. And we also jump into how social media plays a pivotal role in our body image perceptions and we discuss how you can cultivate your feed and your in-person environment to serve as regular reminders that you are more than just how you look. So with all that being said, I hope you're ready for it. This is episode 33 with Shannon Beer. You are listening to the Vegan Body Coach Podcast, all about optimizing your strength, fitness, and physique through a plant-focused diet. My name is Jackson Burton, and I'm a nutrition and training coach for vegans, the plant-centric... Curious. I'm sitting down with athletes, experts, and influencers around the world to inspire you to create your best vegan body yet. So I guess, um, Shannon, what's been going on? I mean, it's been ages since we've caught up. Um, I think the, the episode we did last time was um, early 2020, and we are lucky enough to be able to do that in person, which was super cool, beautiful sunny day in like Melbourne, um so what's been going on since then like like catch me up
0: yeah i can't even like, it feels like forever ago
1: yeah it does I can't yeah
0: even remember what happened after melbourne like when was this it must have been mid-year right um did i go to japan after i think was that before japan or i can't even uh, remember I no I idea. Been around a fair bit um got stuck at home when it was covid time because i went I've been traveling. I've actually managed to still do a fair bit of traveling despite okay. what's been going on. Luckily, um, did get stuck at home for a few months early last year. Oh, I've been, I don't think I've been to like Taipei since we spoke oh, wow. um, places. Yeah. Where did I go? Yeah, it must've been Japan. I think I was heading to, and then right. spent some time in the States. I'm here in the States right now in California. I spent like eight months in Bali as well. <laughs> oh, no way.
1: Gonna-
0: yeah. it's probably gonna be my like new home base um yeah. did a bit of europe as soon as we could post lockdown yeah um, went to Krakow Vienna which was oh, awesome. Wow. I spent a couple of months in Lisbon and then they started to increase the restrictions. So I was like, where can I go that's still free? (laughs) Headed to Bali. Eight months later, they started to put some restrictions in place. Um, So again, thinking about where can I go next? We dipped out and ended up in America um, because my partner has family here. Spent a couple of months here and now hopefully, fingers crossed, planning to fly to Frankfurt um, in Germany next week just because it was the cheapest and most direct flight to Europe. So we're like, all right, then I guess it's Germany next.
1: (laughs) You've kind of just been like hopping around trying to avoid COVID.
0: (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. And just trying to, yeah, just, you know, trying to travel as much as they can. Having said that, I do actually really enjoy having a base somewhere. Mm. Um, It's far nicer to settled somewhere and take trips I think for myself yeah. just because I've been living way for a long time now I'm like oh you know it's quite nice to actually be based somewhere have yes. a community of people around and then dip out and take trips when I get itchy feet you know and then yeah. come back <laughs> I think
1: that's, <laughs> that's great kind of, way of the new,
0: new
1: yeah At what, what is it about day. um what is it about Bali that wants you to make that kind of a home base for you
0: um well I wasn't actually too fast bef- like with going there because I'd been there a few times um yep. it was just mostly just to escape lockdown is the reason yeah, that I yeah. went um given that I spent such a long time there I think as I say it's just that like community of people like there's a nice secure group of people that we all get along well with um I met my partner there in Bali so obviously he likes to live there it's just a convenient place you know convenient yeah, lifestyle as well yeah. I like the weather well mostly because it's sunny not too super fond of it. <laughs>
1: totally yeah totally <laughs> um, people-
0: can't complain about that. Good training, you know? So I'm like, what else do you need? And plus yeah. um, loads of places to go if you want to do like little weekend trips or whatever. So yeah. yeah, where else can you get like a villa with a security guard and
1: <laughs> food <laughs> wow.
0: every day, you know? <laughs>
1: yeah, no, it's definitely a spot. It's one of those places that I think I'll just continuously go back to, you know, year after year. um, Just because of that lifestyle. Yeah, it's just, it's, you know, it's cheap enough to live there and live like a really you know, decent, um, decent way with where you can, you know, train and you can eat incredible food and, you know, you can do these adventures as well. Um, and yeah, just get that kind of lifestyle. And of course the weather, you know, really tops it off. Um, and of course then you find a, a bunch of other people that are probably quite like-minded cause they're all there for the same reason. Um, hanging out and yeah i think it's a, i think it's a great spot for you to for you to chill out. that's for sure i mean and i guess you you know you're doing all right now it's a summer in california as well right so it's not so bad
0: <laughs> perpetually chasing the sun yes. i think um, <laughs> I it might be a bit of a shock we need yeah. to make it asap before it drops down below 15 degrees because i yeah. can't
1: handle <laughs> uh, yeah that's I, I love that how you said you you got stuck at home like it's as if, as if like you're forever trying to escape being at home <laughs>
0: I know. It's just you know, you spent like most of my life there. I'm just bored.
1: <laughs> yes, <that laughs> so having said
0: cool. that, if I do go to Europe, I probably will do a quick quick trip back home just to see people. It's been like over a year, so yeah, wow. Anyway,
1: yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, that's so cool to hear. Um, and I guess, I guess you know, for the listeners that if they want to hear more about you know your your journey and your story up until this point, they can go back and listen to that that episode we we did. I believe it's like episode ten or something like that. That was actually the. Um, the second, I think it was the second ever episode I recorded with you. So I uh, recorded in, in general for the podcast. So um, that was very early days. Um, so it's great to have you back on, Shannon. And today I wanted to jump into some of the amazing content you've been putting out recently around body image. Um, and this is something that is just so intertwined into any, I guess, coach that is working with a client or then, I guess, in general, any, any person who's uh, going down the route of health and fitness, and you know, improving their body and things like this, they're going to come up to, you're going to come into these these, I guess, areas of starting to think around, like, what do I actually think about my body? You know, am I am I actually just um, avoiding or or trying to change the way my body looks because I have some kind of negative image towards it? Um, and I guess that that's the crux of, I guess, the question I wanted to propose today is, you know when someone, even like myself, get into the gym at, you know, say 18, 19, when someone like that does that, is that stemming purely from a place of dissatisfaction with their body? Or for a lot of people, are they getting into it for, um, you know, just, I guess, pure self-improvement reasons? But is that in and of itself showing that they have dissatisfaction of their body just because they want to improve it? Um, And so I guess, like, I guess I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but I, I guess that's kind of where I want to touch on is you know all of us who want to improve our bodies are we um inherently then dissatisfied with our bodies to begin with or can we have self-improvement without negative body image so i guess to, to kick it off what would you define a um, what would you define body image as to begin with
0: Body image is essentially as a, a one-liner, basically the thoughts and feelings that we have um, towards ourselves in terms of like the perception that we have about our bodies. Um so it's sort of a multifactorial construct. So people may get this confused with, you know, if I look good, then surely I'm gonna have a good body image. But actually the way that you think and feel about yourself actually has little to do with what you actually look like, and it's more so about your perception. Of what you look like, which may or may not be accurate. So you've got the perceptual component, the affective component, so the way that you feel about how you look, the cognitive component, so the way that you think about your body, and also the behavioural component. So what do you do in relation to these thoughts about your body? For example, somebody may step on the scale, see a number that they're dissatisfied with think oh my goodness I've gained weight I'm a terrible person for this this cannot happen and as a result restrict their diet so the way that we think about ourselves and the feelings associated with that influence the way that we behave um, which is why I think it's really important to consider body image especially in the context of coaching um, when we have clients who are looking to change their physiques because dieting is usually associated or at least is very commonly associated with body dissatisfaction it's not to say is always the case but it is quite common so i think it's something for us to be aware of is if this person wants to improve how they feel about themselves simply achieving a physique goal isn't necessarily guaranteed to cut it mm. so if that is the true goal then we may want to implement some other strategies that directly address body image as well as body composition
1: yeah so that's really interesting so would you say that uh someone who is wanting to i guess go into a diet phase or something like that to improve their physique that is in in and of itself showing that they do have a negative body image
0: no, not necessarily. Um, I do think it's totally possible to make the conscious decision to intentionally engage in a dieting phase. And it doesn't have to necessarily stem from body dissatisfaction. Mm. Um, And also body dissatisfaction isn't the only sort of symptom or a sign of having what would be coined a a negative body image, Mm. but it also pertains to the importance that someone places on their appearance in terms of how much self-worth they derive from that. So someone could actually be fairly satisfied with their body, but place a lot of their self-worth in that and still experience some, um, maladaptive like psychological consequences in terms of the lengths they go to maintain that body that they do enjoy so um, it's not just about feeling dissatisfied but also sort of how much of your self-worth is tied up in that so when it comes to making a change to your physique it definitely can be fairly benign if we think about other forms of appearance modification i like to give the example of getting tattoos getting piercings or changing your hair color for example Right. So I can make the decision to dye my hair a different color, but my self-worth doesn't depend on whether I'm a blonde or a brunette. You know, I don't feel I have a preference to what I like my hair to look like, but how I feel about myself as a person doesn't change depending on how fresh my hair color is, you know? Yeah. Um the, the difference with our bodies is that One, we're under, I'd say, unique pressures in terms of societal or cultural pressures to look a certain way. Um, In like the most Western sort of cultures, it would be that muscular and toned physique, I'd say particularly within like the fitness industry. used to be more fashion model thin, um, but now we're seeing the rise of the desire to look muscular and toned, which is associated with um, the increased prevalence of fitness advertising. So seeing like fitness models, on the front cover of magazines for example um, a lot of which are quite sort of objectified and um, sexual so we've got those sort of influences which we don't really see in terms of pressure to get a tattoo or pressure to dye your hair a certain way so there are unique pressures and i guess connotations that we associate with looking a certain way when i have a six pack then i will be happy and successful Um, and the lengths that we go to to change our physique are somewhat more invasive to our day-to-day lives than simply paying x amount to get my hair dyed which takes a few hours twice a year you know what i mean so it's a far more invasive way of modifying our appearance which can also get in the way of say other things that we do day-to-day that are important to us such as socializing with others would be a a common example
1: yeah yeah there's so many um so many areas i want to go with this i guess one of the, the questions is why do you think we are so focused on this uh, this obsession with our bodies and why is it always on the cover of these magazines and, and over sexualized and and you know and, and why are we so focused on that and not focused on, yeah, tattoos or, you know, hair colour and things like this. Something I um I read recently which um which I loved I don't know if there's any truth to it in terms of like actual um you know, science on this but they talked about the the benefit of appearance in terms of from like an evolutionary perspective um you know if you were to think or like a natural selection perspective i should say you know if you were to think back in, i guess hunter-gatherer days if you were more good looking especially as a female the more likely you were going to be able to pass on your genes and continue the species, just because, you know, if you have a, a, a more, a, a good looking appearance to other males within your tribe, you're more likely to have a mate, you're going to, you know, have children. And then also, you're probably more likely to survive just in general as a human, because if you have a mate, they're likely going to be a protector, they're going to be able to provide for you, um, all these other things that come with like, I guess, the social aspects of, of tribal communities. Um, and I really thought that was quite interesting. And wondering if that potentially there is, I guess, more of a biological drive on a deeper level for us to look a certain way. Do you you have any thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I certainly think there is an element of truth to that, particularly when you consider the fact that appearance sort of pressures aren't new. They just take a different shape and form over time. So there's always been sort of pressure to look a certain way, but that that way of looking has changed so and it changes across cultures as well when you think about it in terms Mm. of say skin color in some cultures being more tanned is looked favorably upon whereas in other cultures having lighter skin is actually a sign of wealth or whatever the associations are so I do think there is an element of truth to that but I also do wonder you know just where's the threshold you know when someone is like what would be ever be considered relatively, rel- uh, relatively attractive enough to meet that threshold of being a decent choice for a partner? Yep. Versus the extremes that we take it. You know, where does that end? Um, is it about having super shredded six pack abs? Does that make you a better par- partner mm-hmm. than someone who is? quote-unquote healthy lo- looking you know whatever that means to a person and i don't think that we have the um like cognitive capacities to identify that threshold point and be like oh you know this is the point where this person no longer no longer is it an evolutionary advantage to to look better than how i look now for example yeah. so yeah. um there's definitely like something there's a truth to that sort of attraction but i don't know whether the extremities that of appearances that we face is particularly now when you consider the role of social media and the means that we have to enhance our appearances beyond maybe what may be natural Mm -hmm. does the argument still stand if we're talking about photoshopped images yeah you know because potentially people wouldn't look like that naturally. Um so yeah there's there's something to that but also I think there's there's more to it too if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, 100%. So I guess for for people that are you know potentially wanting to ask themselves some questions about their own bodies and how they you know how they feel about them um and whether they accept them and you know whether they have a positive or negative um body image what are some of the i guess thoughts and behaviors and beliefs that you see are common within people that do have a poor body image um and then i think that can help you know people to kind of a a a bit of an objective think about how they're thinking about their own bodies
0: yeah um so as i say it can be separated like body image attitudes Can be separated into the evaluative components. So, the degree of satisfaction or dissatisfaction that someone may have with um, their body or certain parts of their appearance. You know, you may like a certain part of your body more than a different part of your body. Um, But there's also the investment part, which I would argue is even more crucial because you can have someone, as I say, who is actually fairly satisfied with their appearance, but is so invested in looking that way that they're now going to very extreme lengths to maintain. Maintain that and potentially even in the face of like negative consequences, for example, um, extreme amounts of energy restriction to maintain a super lean physique that they like the look of, even if it doesn't feel that great to live in that body. So, some common Mm -hmm. sort of attitudes that people um, have. I like to get, if I'm working with someone to improve their body image, I like to actually do like a body image assessment, which will ask specific questions to elucidate someone's body image attitudes and the um, degree of investment that they have. So it's about understanding how you feel about yourself, but also the, what do you think... um, is associated with looking a certain way? You know, are you telling yourself that I will have more success in my romantic relationships if I just looked a little bit better, or I would feel more confident in social situations if I looked good? Um, What do you think it means to, to look a certain way? Like what's really associated with that? And then being very honest with yourself, with your motivations for changing how you look, if that is a goal of yours, you know, what do you think will be different about your life when you look differently? Um, something that I like to say um, is that you can change how you look without changing how you feel. And you can change how you feel without changing how you look. So if you do want to feel better about yourself as a person on the whole, then that may not be achieved through simply changing how you look if a large part of your self-worth is tied up in your appearance. Um, It's just a very, given that our bodies fluctuate and things change, and as I mentioned before, just like the degree of um, investment involved in the maintenance of a certain physique um, I think it's a very vulnerable position to be in if a large proportion of your self-worth is tied up in that because you're going to be sort of consciously um, thinking about how you look all of the time and then keeping tabs on that which is not only quite time consuming and quite draining but again has um uh, many associations with like we're talking about a negative body image in terms of someone's psychological health and overall well-being and quality of life and um, not to mention like the the way it impacts our eating behaviors so mm. um yeah i think most people i mean body dissatisfaction is very common as well it's quite a common phenomena so it's not about being vain you know wanting to change how you look it's just fairly normal given the pressures that we face um and everyone wants to feel like they belong everyone wants to feel kind of accepted you know and everyone wants to feel worthy like that's totally normal so we're sort of primed I guess in some sense to um be subject to feeling a certain way but there are certainly steps that we can take to improve how we feel about ourselves no matter how our body looks and it doesn't mean to say that we can't change how we look either these are just sort of different mechanisms for um different sort of things that we're talking about
1: it's such a um interesting dynamic isn't it when you have a person who decides i want to you know make a change in my body because you know i'm not happy right and like you're saying a lot of this comes back to like where you place your self-worth or where you place your value um but often the case is, hey, I want to lose weight. I want to tone up, whatever it may be, because I want to improve my happiness. Um, and they believe that that will get them there. And, you know, majority of the time, it's not really going to, you know, these are changing the way you look isn't going to change anything else in your life apart from the way you look, right? It doesn't, you know, but at the same time, I think just from working with people often I do see people who have these drastic physique changes. Maybe they lose 10 kilograms plus, right? So it's a, it's a pretty big change in their entire, um, in their bodies. And because of that, they then are getting a lot of validation because of it, you know, whether it's from social media or just from people that they see friends, family, they haven't seen them for a while. Wow. You're looking amazing. You lost so much weight. So they're constantly getting these, this, this, this validation for them losing that body weight. And then, then, I guess because of all this validation, perhaps it does somewhat um, increase like feelings of happiness in a way, or maybe feelings of worth um, for this person. But then I think, you know, you get into this very dangerous position where now your worth is tied up in staying with that same physique or that same look. Um, and there's a lot of fear associated with moving away from that or, or, or regaining the weight, for example. Um, Have you seen the same thing with your clients in terms of like if they do, you know, lose a a decent amount of weight or change their physique in some some way that they actually do improve true happiness to an extent? Or is it just this facade that we're, you know, we're just living up to the ideals of what uh, other people think we should be looking like?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it it kind of depends on um, the actions that someone has taken when it comes to losing the weight like that could be weight loss could be a side effect of someone engaging in exercise that they really enjoy and um, physical activity especially some forms of physical activity a lot of the research has been done on yoga for example um, may be associated with body appreciation in terms of having that connection and appreciating what your body can do for you and it could very well be that you know imagine you had this client who suddenly developed a love for yoga got really in tune with their body decided to make some changes to their nutrition happens to lose weight as a side effect but that wasn't the primary focus and may experience improvements in their body image not as a result of weight loss but actually as a result of um like the mechanism behind that would be an increase in body appreciation through um the yoga, for example, would just be one um, one way that that may happen. So weight loss in and of itself wouldn't be a direct cause of someone's improvement in body image. And you mentioned that positive validation that comes from appearance complements. Now, there is actually a phenomenon known as complementary weightism, which posits that compliments actually have the potential to serve as a reminder that other people are evaluating your appearance and that can lead to a greater focus on how we look. So when someone's commenting on how you look, that may contribute to someone's own self objectification which just means that they're viewing themselves kind of from the outside in rather than thinking about the way that they experience their body in the world through the inside out um objectification is sort of viewing ourselves as objects to be valued by you know our appearance so what this does as it it can increase someone's um, propensity to monitor their appearance so what we learn is oh someone thinks I look good right now it's pretty it's probably a good idea that I keep this body um, and then we're going to be checking for signs of weight gain probably developing a fear of weight gain and it can actually increase body dissatisfaction because you're more vigilant about your appearance um, so I, I I did a post um, on this at the start of the year sometime um encouraging people to just think about that it's not to say that every time you compliment someone on their appearance you're increasing their own body dissatisfaction um but given that there's the potential for it not to actually be that helpful um and when we think that we could probably do a little bit better with our compliments and you know potentially complimenting on people um, on things that are a little bit more meaningful, I would encourage people to think twice before they comment on how someone's look, how how someone looks. Mm. um, And then maybe think a little bit, broader about the types of uh, compliments that we can give someone like, you know, um, you're very strong or you're committed to your goals. You're working so hard. Mm. You look happy. You know, if you're going to comment on someone's appearance, there are certain types of compliments that are likely to be less harmful than others. Like I like what you're wearing. That's a personal choice that someone's engaged in versus your abs are so shredded. You know, (laughs) that's a slightly different appearance compliment. So, um, But be mindful of that, not to mention that we usually weight loss, and not all forms of weight loss are healthy. So what about someone who's had some health concerns, dropped a bunch of weight because of that, and then you go ahead and compliment them on their weight loss, you can just see how there's the potential for harm there. Um, So even though they usually, you know, you know, given with um, good intentions, I would just think a little bit more about, okay, well, you know, I don't actually know what this person has done to achieve this Look, I don't. I think there's probably better ways that I can compliment them as a person. How about I, if I want to be nice to someone, I just go for something that's probably a little bit more meaningful in the first place?
1: No, I love that. I think those are amazing tips for people. And, you know, I love to, you know, pay people compliments because it, you know, it does. It it really changes the way, you know, someone's feeling for that day. And, you know, it's always, you know, you always feel amazing once someone gives you a compliment. But it's the it's an easy out to just comment on somebody's body or their physique, right? It's just, you know, there's no thought into it. It's just like, oh, you know, you look great or whatever. Um, but there's no thought into how that person's gonna perceive that comment. So I think, yeah, like you're saying, that's those are some great Uh, tips to use is just focus on things that are potentially more meaningful or even just what they're wearing. Or um, like you said, I like, you know, you're you're so committed or you're working so hard. It's such a good thing to to say to somebody. And it really, I think, will help them to continue, you know, those healthy habits, hopefully, that they've been establishing. Um, One of the questions I guess I had for you was, you know, how would you actually define then a positive body image? Is there like a definition for that? Is there, um, you know, something that people should be working towards?
0: Yeah, yeah. So um, a positive body image is characterized by acceptance of your physical appearance, respect, towards your body by treating it well and engaging in healthy behaviors so a lot of people have the um, misconception that you know well, surely if I have a positive body image I'm going to be complacent and I'm going to give up on myself and that's not the case at all because it's actually about showing your self-respect which involves treating yourself well and you know moving frequently and eating nutrient-dense foods so um, that's just one misconception that I would clear up um, off the bat and also protection of the body by rejecting um, what we would term sort of body image threats. So I mentioned the role of culture, cultural socialization, and uh, particularly the media. We're sort of bombarded with images of associating certain physiques with success and part of a having a positive body image is learning to sort of filter out unhelpful messages this could also include comments from others so I've worked with a number of people who when sort of evaluating the development of their own body image they can acknowledge times where they've received comments from loved ones or family members on how they look like are you sure you should be eating that Um, You know, what's it going to do to your physique, things along those sort of lines that really affect the way that we feel about ourselves. Um, So surrounding yourself with other positive people who have other interests and don't talk about weight and shape, you know, all of the time could be a, a good step. Towards um, fostering a positive body image, but yeah, in general, it would be characterised by the acceptance, respect, protection of the body, and also just having like generally favourable opinions of yourself, regardless of your actual physical appearance. It doesn't mean loving every single part of yourself either. Um, It's very normal to be dissatisfied with certain parts of your body, and that's not necessarily a problem as long as it doesn't affect how you feel about yourself as a person, nor um, affecting what you do in your day to day life. So. Yeah. um uh, a recent sort of development in the literature around body image looks at body image flexibility so basically someone's ability to you know if you wake up on a day and you're not feeling your best do you um how does that affect you like what degree of impact does that have on your life? Can you still go out and do the things that you would usually do? You know, what if you wake up super bloated one day and you plan to go to the beach? Are you still going to wear whatever it was that you were going to wear anyway? And she's like, oh, whatever. Everyone gets bloated from time to time. Still going to have a nice day. Or is it, mm, let's change plans because I'm not feeling so great in, you know, some form of avoidance. So yeah. yeah, body image flexibility would be one part of um, a positive, or at least is associated with having a positive body image um, because you're not letting your off days affect you know what you do with your life
1: so something you brought up there is a, i think a really big common misconception about po- uh body positivity which is the fact that you are supposed to love every part of your body all the time um and i probably made this mistake as well you know early on when i started to think more about uh you know body image is like yeah you know this whole i guess self acceptance right so i guess what what are some of the ways um, that we can start to cultivate this, this self-acceptance but that that kind of has that um, dynamic to it where it's not just loving everything of your body but it's accepting all of your body and it's um, appreciating all of your body. Um What are the the ways we start to think about this in a different light rather than just like, oh, I have to love my body, but I actually really don't love this part of my body. And so now I have a negative body image.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you mentioned acceptance, um, which I would like to address because there are, again, many misconceptions over what it means to accept yourself. Again, people associate it with complacency. Um, if I accept myself, that means I'm never going to achieve anything because surely I'll just be like completely satisfied with where I'm at. But self-acceptance isn't about giving up on yourself. It's just about taking a realistic, um, evaluation of who you are and where you're at, which includes making peace with your strengths and weaknesses. So someone who has high levels of self-acceptance can look at themselves and say, you know what, I'm really awesome at these things. These are the things that I'm not so great at. And out of all these things, there are some that I care about and some that I don't care about. So for example, I can't play the drums. That's a weakness of mine. I also don't really care to play the drums. So I'm not going to work on that. However, another weakness of mine is that I don't speak many other languages fluently. That may be something that I'm more interested in working on. Now, the difference is that whether or not I can speak a language, whether or not I can play the drums, doesn't affect how I feel about myself as a person. Mm. So, self acceptance is recognizing that your worth as a person doesn't depend on your achievements it doesn't depend on your accomplishments and nor does it depend on the approval of others we all have worth by sort of virtue of just being human beings and we all have different potentials different capabilities unique sort of strengths and weaknesses and we can choose to set a goal to sort of maximize on our potential, because it's intrinsically rewarding. It feels nice to have something to aim towards, but we don't become a better or a worse person, whether or not we depend, uh, whether or not we achieve that goal. So it's about, we're all equal. We all have self worth. There are things I like doing. There are things you like doing. You're not a better person because you're better at this one thing. And I'm not a better person because I'm good at this one thing. Um, which from like a sort of biological and even like neurological perspective, I think it's the only thing that really makes sense. We don't have the ability to weigh up the individual worth of every single person. And when you take into mind like environmental factors, genetic predispositions—you know—how can you say that one person is more worthy than another just because they've achieved X, Y, Z? Well, they may have had different advantages to another person. There's mm. no way to quantify all of this. So, the simplest and the most rational thing to do, in my opinion, is just to assume that we all have worth by nature of being human beings, and whether or not we succeed at the things that we put our minds to doesn't influence our worthiness. Um, so, yeah. in relation to body image. someone can accept their appearance and still decide to want to change it. It doesn't have to come from a place of unworthiness um, necessarily, but a positive body image would be about respecting where you are. So I can look at my physique and be like, yeah, it'd be great if I had bigger triceps, for example. And maybe I will throw in a few extra tricep extensions every now and then, you know, (laughs) Um, depending on how bothered I am about bigger triceps but how i feel about myself as a person doesn't like math doesn't depend on how big my triceps are and i wouldn't necessarily I wouldn't be sort of not accepting myself where I am now just because I've decided to change it. Mm. So that would be like the difference. And I think that's what people get confused about is thinking that they can't still make a change. It's just about what lengths do you go to to make that change? What degree of sacrifice are you really, you know, willing to make in terms of are you... Um, shutting down on social situations? Are you really restricting your food intake? Does that take up a lot of your time and energy and attention? Is it having an overall like negative impact on other areas of your life at the um, expense of your overall well-being, just to sort of look a certain way? Or is it just like, oh, it would be nice if I had this. It's a preference, not some a demand that you're placing on yourself. Um, And this is sort of, I'm now using the language um, of rational motive behavioral therapy, which is where um, a lot of the research into self-acceptance comes from. So it's just about recognizing when we're placing unreasonable demands on ourselves and acknowledging that we can prefer to achieve xyz we can prefer to look a certain way but again how you feel about yourself as a person doesn't change in the meantime which can be you know pretty difficult to do which is why there's this is a challenging sort of topic to navigate and especially when you're trying to do the work on yourself um it is it's very difficult but it's not it's not impossible and it it can be done.
1: I love all of that. And I guess it, it it got me thinking a little bit about a conversation I had with a friend recently around, um, genetic predispositions in terms of like, uh, body part growth, right. In terms of like muscle mass. And, you know, for myself, I would prefer Mm -hmm. to have bigger legs. Like that would be amazing because, you know, I've always had smaller legs given my genetic predisposition to growing, growing muscle in my legs. um, And, you know, everyone has different makeup in terms of their genetics and what body parts grow faster and what grows slower and what ones are going to get bigger. Um, And, you know, I think when we look at this with this, um, I guess, black and white view of like, oh, I don't have big legs. Now, like, I'm not as good as this other person, right? And it's coming back to this, I guess, sense of worth whereas i could go instead i can go yeah my preference is to have bigger legs and i'm going to put work into doing that but i'm also accepting the fact that genetically i'm not made to have big legs <laughs> so i just need to accept that and go hey look cool there's other body parts that are going to be uh you know more of a strong suit for me but also even more than that my worth is is not tied up in whether i have big legs or not my worth is tied up in all these other factors of my life that I see, um, I guess, where I'm doing well or what I'm good at, um, you know, like I can, you know, talk to people really well and create communities really well, or I can, um, you know, coach people and help them through their journeys and all these other aspects that I can, I guess, seek worth from, I guess. But what I'm hearing from you, Shannon, is that a lot of this just comes back to where are we placing our, our worth and where is that coming from? Where is that stemming from? So, I guess for all of us, myself included, what are, I guess, some daily practices that we can start to implement to find worth, to find our self-worth in other areas other than just our cosmetics or our physical appearance?
0: Mm, A really nice exercise to run through. If you feel like you spend a lot of time – energy and attention on controlling how you look or trying to change how you look is thinking about the other areas of your life that are important to you as a person so this could be your friendships your career your hobbies your interests um, whatever it is write a list of all of those things that are important to you and then rank them as well in terms of their importance and then be honest with yourself you know out of all of those things that are important to you how much of your importance are you really placing on your shape and weight so when I help clients go through this process a lot of them find that they tend to write their ideal sort of scenario like yeah my weight maybe takes up like 10% of my my time but 25% of my worth is invested in my um, career 25 in this or whatever my family my friends my hobbies that's where my time and energy goes when in reality they, they can take a step back and say actually I've just drawn what I think it should be. In reality, I'm probably spending maybe 40, 50% of my time thinking about my appearance at the expense of spending time um, with my family or dedicating it towards my career. So that could be one nice exercise just to remind yourself of all of these other interests that you have and the things that contribute to who you are as a person. When you've done that, Think about the implications of that ranking. You know if you've identified that actually you spent a lot of time thinking about how you look um, and you've neglected one area of your life, how can you put more time and energy into that area? So you may say that, you know what, um, my career is really important to me and I'm not making the amount of progress I would like to be making. or I'm not spending the amount of time that I would like to spend. So I'm going to set myself the goal of doing some additional research, one hour a week, you know, whatever it is, like making this something specific and actionable. Another step that I think is really helpful is to reduce body checking behaviors. So this sort of helps you to think less about your appearance body checking behaviors would include things like stepping on the scale looking at your appearance taking physique photos pinching certain parts of your body these are all things that I think is particularly relevant for the people who work in the fitness industry or just clients who are generally interested health conscious like working out because sometimes these behaviors can become second nature and automatic and we don't really realize when we're doing them or how often we're doing them and the issue with these behaviors is that sometimes they can serve again um, to reinforce the idea that it's important to tightly regulate how you look and once you begin to let go of consistently monitoring your appearance you begin to think less about your appearance which then opens up the potential to be thinking more about other areas of your life Um, so this can be easier said than done. Again, you may not be aware of that. So one thing that you may like to do is to start by monitoring your body checking behaviors. You know, if you think that you're um, thinking fairly often about your appearance, maybe just count the number of times in day that you look in the mirror and you like lift up your T-shirt to check how shredded your abs are or pinch certain parts of your body fat. Um, and then work on reducing that bit by bit. So one question to ask yourself is what am I actually looking for? And if I'm looking at my appearance multiple times throughout the day, Has it really changed that much from when I looked at it one hour ago? You know, why do I keep constantly checking? Um, And if you're looking for signs of fatness, it's likely that you'll find it. And if you're looking at your body as a pick-me-up, then again, it's important to ask yourself, why am I looking to my body to make me feel good about myself? Um, So those would be like two things that you can do off the bat. In terms of positive body image, one of the interventions that has um, been the most effective is something called um, Expand Your Horizons. It's about thinking about uh, body appreciation. So thinking about all of the things that your body can do for you and this isn't just limited to your physical capabilities again that's probably the first thing that people like come to people's minds like oh I'm I'm, you know really strong in the gym I really enjoy my workouts I like the way that it makes me feel um, which is awesome but we can also think more broadly than that as well what about the functions that your body performs for you so the fact that you have your health Um, there may be certain parts of your health that are uh, stronger than others it's not to say that you know people who have illnesses can't appreciate other functions of their body either um what about your creative endeavors the fact that you're able to read to write to sing to dance whatever it is that you enjoy um what about your ability to connect with other people so the fact that you have a body allows you to hug someone else or to tell your partner that you love them and see like the reaction on their face and how that makes them feel and um, the fact that you can be a shoulder to cry on uh, what about all of your senses as well like what amazing sights have you seen like when you're traveling for example um, just experiences that you've had that you wouldn't be able to have if you didn't have a body. And think how boring your life would be if you couldn't listen to the music that you enjoyed, if you couldn't cook the foods that you really enjoy eating. These are all things that your body does for you. So I think it's really nice to reflect on that and write this down as well. And you may even want to return to it over time, just thinking about the types of things that you can be grateful for that your body does, because we don't think about this often. And you know, it's no wonder we're busy, there's other things on our minds. But when we stop and take a minute, you're like oh damn there is actually a lot to to be pretty grateful for so maybe when i'm sort of wishing that i looked a bit differently maybe i can take a step back to think about actually you know what does my body do for me right now um Mm. one other thing is also engaging in like what would be termed mindful self-care so treating yourself the way you want to feel if you want to feel good about yourself in general and just feeling good day to day like treating your body that way so not depriving it of food that it needs you know not restricting yourself unnecessarily not punishing yourself with ruling workouts there's a difference between challenging yourself to work hard versus punishing yourself to the extreme so sort of figuring out that balance not being afraid to take a rest day when you need it Um, as well as like eating nutrient-dense foods getting in your sleeve spending time with loved ones Ones, you know all the rest of it just thinking about the way that you sort of treat your body day to day I would also lastly encourage people potentially to if you're like really struggling keep a track of your thoughts in relation to your appearance and just take note of the things that trigger Um, unhelpful thoughts about yourself because as we said from the start our body image is a lot to do with how we perceive ourselves and sometimes this is influenced by external factors so getting an idea that you know when you feel quote-unquote fat it's probably because something else is going on You know, when we feel like everyone sort of felt fat from time to time, but what does that actually mean given that fat's not an emotion? You know, what's just happened? Have you stepped on the scale and said a number that you didn't like? Are you wearing tighter clothes? Did you just have a large meal and you're digesting your food right now? You know, has someone made a comment? Have you compared yourself to someone else? Have you just seen a post on Instagram that's not made you feel so good? Um, These are all things to be sort of mindful of because we take the blame out on ourselves and our appearance. And it could just be that, you know, maybe you're a little bit stressed right now. Maybe you're a bit hot and bothered, you know, and you're just feeling quote unquote fat. Um, It's Mm -hmm. important to be aware of this because it helps you to identify that it's not your body that's the problem, which then may impact the way that you behave. Because when your body's not the problem, you're not going to punish your body or push it to extreme lengths to try and change it. Um, So I'd say that those are a few sort of important steps that you can take as well as as much as you can cultivating a... positive uplifting reinforcing supportive environment so whether that's cultivating your social media feeds you know looking at the people that you follow do their posts help you in any way do they make you feel good are they inspiring or do you tend to feel worse after looking at certain posts and um, that's something to be mindful of as well as the type of people that you surround yourself with you know are you um constantly surrounded by people who discuss dieting all the time um comment on how other people look all of these sorts of things again can influence the way that we feel about ourselves Mm. so if you can it could be that you um cultivate a more positive environment you know whether it whether you can do it in person or not um, you can always look online as well what about your other hobbies you know are there people online who are interested in similar things to you is that sort of an environment or community that you can seek out and um, that's probably going to be a little bit more helpful in terms of improving your body image than surrounding yourself with people who constantly comment or strive to change their own appearances, for example. Um, so yeah, I, I also have a free body image ebook um, that I've linked in my Instagram bio, just as a free download, which covers some of these tips as well um, awesome. with some practical sort of pointers and worksheets to to help people to go through this themselves.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely link that one for the listeners as well. Um, yeah, I guess with creating that, that positive... Uh, environment to be in and and cultivating their environment you know i think the the social media one is huge is you know going through and being very very objective around who you're following and what kind of posts that are appearing in your feed and how they're making your feeling how they're making you feel, um, you know, because that's a that's a huge one for me. You know, I experience that all the time and I'm constantly um, readjusting what I'm seeing on my feet just to ensure that, you know, I'm being aware of how that is affecting, you know, how I feel, I guess, about my self-worth at a, a deeper level. Um, but when we look at, I guess, interpersonal relationships or like uh, in-person relationships, you know, are there any tips that you've got for people it for I guess calling out this kind of talk and and this kind of um, focus on appearance and focus on the body or even if it's just a, you know family gathering and someone's like oh you know, I won't have an extra scone because you know I'm, I'm you know I'm trying to watch my figure and it's like a kind of a joke but it's one of those things that's probably a joke that's not very helpful. Um, have you got have you experiences like? that yourself and call people out about it or is there any tips you can give people to i guess maybe try and reframe the conversation um and so that you know to try and i guess introduce people that aren't going to be listening to this or listening to or reading any anything to do with body image really that we can actually change the narrative around what we talk about when it comes to people's appearances
0: yeah absolutely i mean this is I think this is a very difficult sort of scenario to, to face and I guess the response may differ depending on whether someone is making a general comment towards themselves or if someone is commenting on something that you're doing personally. Um, I think if someone's commenting on your own food choices or the way that you look you're well within your right to say you know what um, thanks for your comment but I I don't appreciate this type of conversation can we change the topic you know something along those lines if someone's trying to comment on your food choices or or whatever it is when it comes to people's comments about themselves I think that can be very difficult to navigate because you want to validate how someone's feeling but also not reinforce or agree with what they've said if you think it's unhelpful so if someone um, is complaining about their own appearance oh I look so fat I feel so fat today day um you can say something like it sounds like you're you know i um, having a bit of a tough day so you sort of acknowledged how they're feeling but you're not agreeing with them with what they're saying about themselves and then you can help them to sort of change the the narrative there by helping them to focus on their strengths for example um and this, I'm thinking about this, say, in the context of personal training. If you've got a client who's come in and she's like, oh, you know what? I've just had a, a really bad day. I'm just feeling pretty crappy about myself. Um, I'm feeling really weak and, and fat, you know, whatever it is. Um, helping them to acknowledge that, uh, validate their feeling, but also say something uplifting. And, you know, you're doing a, a great thing for yourself by treating yourself well, by showing up when you don't feel good. Um, and you know sort of how good you'll be feeling at the end of this session. And um you know, I'd encourage you to to go home and rest tonight because it sounds like it's been a challenging day. Like something along those lines. So you're not feeding into the negative talk, but you're validating how they feel and sort of uplifting them at the same time. And then I think this also is relevant to the type of content that we put out as sort of fitness Professionals um, on social media, you know, are you using your own body to get clients? Are you highlighting sort of before and after transformation pictures again for your own sort of marketing purposes? How are you complimenting your clients on their own progress? Are you rewarding the weight loss or their efforts or their change in perspective and mindset, their attitudes? You know, are these the types of things that you're highlighting here? Um, there's been a a more research recently on the impact of like social media when it comes to body image and it's kind of mixed it seems that if we've got an image like body focused photo it doesn't really matter what the caption says even if you're trying to promote a positive body image with like a half naked photo of yourself you know maybe um to try and draw people in it doesn't seem to have an overall beneficial effect Mm. whereas it a diverse range of bodies that seems to be slightly more helpful or if we're actually using less image-based stuff entirely um, so maybe more like infographics um, things that are sort of less appearance focused with uh, a positive message I don't mean positive as in let's all feel good about ourselves but just a helpful sort of message a realistic message that seems to be the um, most effective at promoting um, more of a positive body image. But it seems that social media, yeah, it sort of has some some good and some bad. Um, you know, we can use it to connect with others, but again, we can also be feeding into the idea, like given that it's a, I'm, I'm thinking about Instagram here, but yeah. given that it's a photo sharing app, you know, it sort of lends itself well to flaunting certain, certain things. Um, I would imagine, I haven't looked too close to the research on this but i would imagine that um photos that don't highlight the body necessarily so it could just be you outside fully clothed in a group of people for example would be more helpful than a a close-up of you in the gym looking your best yeah even if the patient is you know has some helpful advice it may not sort of hit Um, or land with with a client so um, that's just one thing to bear in mind you know how should we be conducting ourselves online and how much of a you know energy can we put towards that because it's impossible to do the right thing all the time but i think it's you know just wise to be aware of the impacts that the posts that we're putting out there may have on people
1: i love that and you know it's it's um (laughs) you see it all the time and it's one of those things that i guess it sells so easily, you know, in terms of clicks, in terms of likes, in terms of comments. And I think that's what's just so important for everybody listening to really cultivate their feeds and and know that, hey, look, I'm, if I'm following an individual that loves to post content like this, um, it's going to show up first thing on my page because it's getting a whole bunch of hits, and that's all I'm going to see. So if that's going to affect you in a negative way, then get that off your feed. Number one, and then start following some accounts where, yeah, potentially it is more informational based, or it's or it's showing things, showing humans in their natural environments um, as as in a realistic setting as possible. And I think I'm I'm loving seeing some of the content out these days with, um, you know, with with some people who are. I guess, showing human bodies at their very, very natural states as opposed to, you know, an edited or a just a certain pose that causes things to look a whole lot different than they really are. Um, So, you know, potentially following some more people like that that are showing their bodies in, you know, the quote-unquote like undesirable state just to show that, hey, look, this is is what is acceptable. Like this is what a real human looks like Um, as opposed to, yeah, filling your feed with these over sexualized and incredibly edited and posed photos that are, you know, only really gonna bring you back to comparison and questioning your self-worth all over again. And, you know, I guess from my own sort of journey, you know, when I first got into training, it was before social media. Um and I guess I I guess I got into it because I wanted to I maybe I had some level of body dissatisfaction. I wanted to improve my body somewhat but there was no like way to share that. It was just like, I'm improving my body. So I wasn't like taking photos and sharing them anywhere. Um, I guess there was validation from people around me. I can't quite remember, but it was just something I did and, and became that kind of fitness guy. But then I guess, as I went into the career of, of fitness, personal training, nutrition, coaching, all this type of thing, then comes along the other aspect of, I guess, needing to, or wanting to somewhat look the part. right And, you know, then you go through this whole dynamic of, okay, if I'm not, you know, a certain level of leanness all the time, then I'm not, you know, practicing what I preach or I'm not showing what can be possible for my clients or I'm not a good marketing tool. Um, so there's all these other aspects that come into it. And I guess now for myself, I'm, I'm, you know, trying to work on these aspects like we've been talking about in this discussion and progress more towards, hey, what am I grateful for my body? Um, my body's capabilities and that's why at the moment i'm I'm dabbling in other areas of training as opposed to physique training such as running a marathon and doing crossfit and you know potentially other strength uh modalities um that are going to be more focused on performance and how i'm feeling after a session as opposed to just purely how pumped my biceps can get after after a workout so i think it's and and then going back to all the things we've discussed today of of You know, again, reminding myself of the value and, and the worth that I have in other areas. And I'd love to know, you know, before we close here, Shannon, and we probably should have asked you this at the start, but what has been your own journey with body image since sort of starting, I guess, in fitness and in this industry to where you are now? How has that evolved?
0: Yeah, it's a really interesting question because um, I actually worked with a number of coaches who have been in a similar position where they sort of feel like they, they're not um, practicing what they preach if they don't look a certain way. And in that regard, I would say that, you know, to get really clear on what it is that you're trying to help people achieve. You know, are you trying to help people achieve a certain degree of body composition at all costs, no matter what? Or are you just trying to help people to feel their best and live a healthy lifestyle? Because that look doesn't have a look associated with it. Um, for my own sort of personal body image sort of journey, I guess, um, I think I definitely got started off with sort of exercise and um, bodybuilding style training to... Modify my appearance for sure. I was very fortunate in the fact that my mum is actually a personal trainer. So I always respected her strength. She's very strong for a woman. You know, that was kind of like the comment that she would always get. Um, I, did sort of appreciate the appearance side of things. But I think I was always very much aware of like the strength and like the self-confidence kind of aspect, not associated with looking a certain way, but with feeling sort of strong and powerful, you know what that means. And when I started taking my workout sort of more seriously when I was first sort of getting started. It was a means of taking care of myself. I actually remember um breaking up with a partner at the time after I was cheated on and feeling like, who do you think you are? I'll show you type thing. And had a bit of like the revenge bod mentality. Right. But it kind of dissipated. And I was just like, you know what? It feels good to to take care of yourself. Um, and that was sort of my Attitudes towards training for a long time, but. I definitely did notice that I went traveling a few years ago and it was like the backpacky style traveler where you don't know where you are, you don't know what time of day it is, so you have no sort of plans. Um, I still maintained my workout regime. I was still lifting about four days a week on average um, as I was backpacking, but I lost a significant amount of weight and was very lean and have kind of remained fairly lean since then. Um and would get a lot of comments from people on my appearance. And I definitely noticed, I, I don't know why. I think for me, I would, my sort of instinctive reaction to that is, oh yeah, thanks kind of thing. But also like, I'm a bit bored of this conversation now, you know, like there's more to me than just this, you know, I want this to be the last thing that people notice than just, you know, like what, what I look like. Um, So I soon found it very boring. And then when I was looking into the, when I became more interested in body image as a scientific sort of area of interest, I from going through the research realized how sort of fortunate I've been you know we've spoken about the impact of media well and and culture for the past sort of three and a half years I've been in numerous different cultures I don't even have a culture anymore you know so much of that impact is sort of lost on me I don't watch tv never really have done Um, my social media feed is filled with books science travel pics the odd tattoo page and friends for the most part and I don't even spend that much time scrolling. Um, so I have very minimal, I guess, influences. I've never had any, um, experiences where people have tried to influence how I look or comment on what I'm eating. Um, I haven't experienced any teasing or weight-based stigma. Um, so, in that sense, I feel like I've been very fortunate in that I haven't had many sort of things driving me to develop more of um, a negative body image. I would say that I'm probably a little bit of a perfectionist, but I don't think that's impacted me in terms of my appearance necessarily. Um so that would be sort of my own experience and I think I soon moved away from the idea of attaching my business and sort of my work that I do to my appearance too because I realized I'd be creating a rod for my own back I was like I don't really want to be known for for looking a certain way because then I kind of would would feel the pressure to maintain that appearance which may not be realistic nor intentional I don't want to have to to worry about that Um, so you'll probably find it fairly difficult to find a sort of image of my body on my social media. Um, For the most part, I do have some old photos that I use for certain things because they're the only professional photos I have. (laughs) Um, And I'm looking to sort of change that as well. But yeah, for the most part, I think it's about just thinking about the, the what are you sort of feeding your mindset with in a sense with the influences that you're under and also the way that you view yourself um and I have other areas of my life that I dedicate far more time energy and attention to I've also become much more flexible with my training as well which has helped I did get bored with my um training with sort of weightlifting um over time with traveling it's kind of difficult to try new sports to try and learn new skills I wanted to learn Olympic weightlifting um but would require an in-person coach and was you know would not really staying in one place for too long so I did get tired of training when I lost the desire to change my body composition I was like why am I doing like hundreds of bicep curls when I like it's boring to me um and I don't actually care that much anymore yeah. about changing my appearance. It was just like, well, weightlifting is good for your health. Let's just carry on. Um, and then picked up a few different sports. So that's one of the things I liked being in Bali is being in one place for a long time. I could actually train martial arts consistently because it's only something that I had dabbled in previously. Right. Now it gives a new purpose to my weightlifting because I can make it sport specific and I can improve my skills um, and capabilities. And I don't care what happens to my body as a result of that Mm. because as long as I'm eating fairly well and exercising like fairly often you know or just exercise having a consistent exercise routine like what does it matter what I look like because I know that I'm taking care of my health yeah um so yeah I think just like that would be my own sort of experience. It's just actually, I realized how lucky I've been because that's the point that I'd like to make that it's not about vanity. Um, It's mostly about people wanting to fit in and and wanting to be accepted by others, which is a universal human need. Um, So I've just been fortunate in my own sort of experiences with that, which is why I actually probably get a lot of satisfaction from helping others um, through that sort of process.
1: It's brilliant. I um yeah, I love all of that and thank you for, you know, sharing that and being viral there. It's been I think it's going to be, you know, super helpful for listeners to hear all of that as well and um just your own journey because I think, you know, with a lot of a lot of podcasts um with say an expert like yourself, you're very really here their own personal journey. So I think it's um it's always a, an interesting uh route for for people to hear. Um has been a whirlwind dive into body image, Shannon. So thank you so much for for running us through that. And for all those helpful tips, uh, there's so many practical takeaways there. And I'm going to try and um, you know, put a few of those out on social media over the next little while so people can you know, take away what they can from that and begin to implement. Um, you said you've got the, the ebook, the free ebook. I'll link that there as well. What else is going on for you in terms of the coaching side of things? And I know you've got a few webinars up at the moment. So do you want to let the listeners know about that where they, can, they might be able to jump on board and, and get involved?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I actually have a full um, body image webinar series too, which is aimed more towards coaches to help um, improve their clients' body image because I realized that you know most of my clients would be coming to me to improve how they feel and changing your body composition doesn't necessarily deliver on that result. So I wanted to increase sort of the impact that I would have and improve my services. Um, and then I began to teach that to others and wrapped it up in a full webinar series. So that's available on my website as a five-part series, which which I'm gonna be constantly updating over time. So I have plans to release a sixth webinar on um, body image in athletes in particular, Um, talking about like muscularity-oriented eating behaviors and unique concerns to that specific population. Um, I also collaborate with Dr. Gabrielle Fundaro and we're releasing an intentional eating webinar series, which is just about exploring different styles of eating. So again, for coaches or clients who want to move beyond say, for example, simply macro tracking into other ways of eating for different goals. So recognizing that weight loss isn't the only goal that we can aim for. And there are other ways to improve our health and our nutrition um, through different practices. So that's actually starting next week. Um, And I also mentor other coaches as well. So I offer three to six month plus longer if people want to stay on um, mentorship programs for coaches who are looking to learn a little bit more about sort of the psychology behind behavior change things like body image um, and helping clients to sort of choose meaningful goals and increase their adherence towards those goals um, and just improve the, the coach's knowledge and sort of their tools to, to help their clients. Um, so I'd say those are like the few main things. I have some more things um, that I'm planning, but I also always have things that I'm planning. Yeah. So I won't speak about them too early in case I change my mind. <laughs> um, but yeah, that would be the the main things for now, um, as well as sort of my regular coaching and then just like travel when I can. Um, that's kind of what I've been up to.
1: Awesome, Shannon. Well, there's a lot going on. So I'll, um, I'll link... All of that in the uh, episode description for you. And uh, hopefully people will go and check that out. I'll definitely have a look at, looking at it myself as well. Um, but yeah, thanks again for your time. Thanks for coming on. I'm sure um, everyone's going to love this one. And hopefully next time we chat, we'll be back in Bali or something like that and enjoy uh, a COVID-free world eventually.
0: <laughs> Fingers crossed. I'd love to see you there.
1: Awesome. Thanks, Shannon. Okay, well, there we have it, team. I know you would have found that one insightful. I certainly did. And we'll be working on implementing some of those practical tips that Shannon gave us on a daily basis to improve my own body perceptions and my own uh, ability to see my worth in other areas other than just how I look. If you want to get in touch with me or with Shannon all the links for our instagrams are in the show description along with shannon's ebook and online webinars if you enjoyed this episode please consider sharing it on your stories so that more people can find an episode like this and benefit from the content along with that i hear that subscribing to the show also helps the show reach more people so on whatever podcast app that you choose to use please go ahead and subscribe and that way you'll know when all of the new episodes are coming out as well and you'll get them straight into your podcast app ready to go and with that being said i hope you're well i hope that you're working with the covid restrictions that you have in your scenario hopefully you're getting some solid training in you're filling your body with good nutritious foods and you're moving your body in a way that feels good for you if you want to reach out if you just want to chat Hit me up in the DMs. I'd love to chat and hear your story and hear your journey. And with that, that is the episode. We'll see you in the next one. Go lift up, go eat up, and get some more fun.